Today, our sermon is coming from verse 23. Wake up. Do something, God. Why are you sleeping? Wake up. Do something, God. Why are you sleeping? Wake up. Do something, God. Why are you sleeping? Today, I would like to use for a subject. When your God ain't woke. When your God ain't woke. <laughs> Will you pray with me? To the God who sees, to the God who knows, and to the God who cares. Speak to our hearts now, Lord, and we will listen. Amen. Some years ago, this term came out. This term is woke. But what does woke mean? People throw woke around. You ain't woke. I'm woke. They woke. What does it really mean? So I decided to do a little Google searching and I looked at a couple sources and this one source by the name of Wikipedia said and defined it like this. They said woke is a noun. As a political term of African-American origin, it refers to a perceived awareness of issues concerning social justice and racial justice. It derives from the African-American vernacular English expression, stay woke, whose grammatical aspect refers to a continuing awareness of these issues. Woke. But within my search, I found another word, another phrase, and it seemed to take wokeness to a whole nother level. You can be woke, but then I discovered that you can be woke AF. So I looked, I said, what is this woke AF? And another source, Urban Dictionary, defines it as this. Knowing what's up and not getting bogged down by what you're told to think by public interest groups and mainstream media. Knowing what's up and not getting so bogged down by what you're told to think by public interest groups and mainstream media. So in other words, you can be woke. You can be aware of the social injustices that are going on all around us. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are woke AF. According to these working definitions, when you are woke AF, you don't just believe everything you see. You don't just take everybody's truth as the gospel truth. Just because you see it on your favorite news program or your political affiliation, you don't take it as fact. When you are woke AF, you have what we call in seminary a hermeneutic of suspicion. 
Everything you hear, you filter through this hermeneutic of suspicion, which means that you look at it from a critical lens, realizing that it is not all good and it is not all bad either. When you are woke AF, you are able to hear various voices and opinions and zoom in on the truth, regardless of the source. Well, at Urban Village Church, I would venture to say, and even we like to think of ourselves as woke. It's even in our core values. We are bold, inclusive, and relevant. We are willing to push the boundaries of what is considered by most as acceptable church. Even the name of this sermon series, God WTF. We are so bold and so radical that we are willing to cuss at God. As I think about us as a church, we have gone through our anti-racist training and we have even have our anti-racist book clubs. We announce our pronouns to stand in solidarity with our non-conforming, non-binary siblings. We look, as we look at UVC in comparison to other churches, many would venture to say that we are woke. Yet are we really as woke as we think we are? As we look at our pericope for today, Psalm 44, we find a disoriented people. They are confused. They do not know what to do because their current theology, the theology of their ancestors, is no longer serving them well today. In their theology, one plus one equals two. They thought that this was the way that it was always going to be because this is the way that it has always been. Things around them might change, but they were assured that this simple theological mathematical equation would always remain the same. <laughs> they thought one. God gave our ancestors the law plus one. They followed the law equals two. They won the battle. They thought one. You told us, God, to serve no other God but you. Plus one. We got rid of all of our idols equals two. We won the battle. It was simple math. A no brainer. It is supposed to work every single time. I remember when I was in junior high, I, I used to love algebra because the left side always equaled the right side. You could put your faith in knowing that the left side always should equal the right side. So if it did not equal one another, if it did not balance each other out, then you knew that it was a user error. In other words, it was your fault. So the people 
of Jacob began to check their math, if you will. They said, we received God's law. We know that God is constant. So if anything is wrong, it is not wrong with our God. So they said, one, God is good. Plus one, that's us. So now let us check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. So using my spiritual imagination, I can see them as they begin to take a survey of the group. And I imagine them saying, all right, everybody come together, come together. Now, be honest, no judgment. But let's just be honest today. Did anybody make a little golden calf? A little baby calf? Any idols among us? No? Nobody? Okay. So then they begin to think, hmm, oh, I know. <laughs> Somebody has been lusting in their heart. Brother Calvin, I hope there's no Calvins watching today. Brother Calvin, hmm. We all know that you always have that mm, that lust demon all over you. What? No. You've been good. You've been doing right. Oh, OK. So it's not idols. It's not lusting in our hearts. OK, well, maybe maybe it's me. Maybe I messed up. Let me check myself. I've been. Praying, yeah, I, I've been praying. Maybe I could pray a little more, but for the most part, I've been praying. And I even thought when I, that person that gets on my ever-loving last nerve, I normally would have cussed them out, but I didn't even cuss them out this time. So I, I've been doing, doing pretty good, I think. So they checked everything and everything was good. So let us just go back to the math. Let's do the math. One, God is good. Plus one, we are good. Equals zero. Mm. One plus one equals zero. What in the world is going on? Now, I would be OK if it, one plus one equaled one. Because at least I still would have something left to work with. But now they find themselves in a place where one plus one equals nothing. Or even worse, one plus one equal negative ten. I wonder if there is anybody out there that has come to a place in your life that the math no matter how much you try, no matter how you try to make things work out, the math is just not adding up. You say you pray to God and you trust God, but then you lost your job. You say, I've been giving to everyone else and I've been encouraging everyone else to trust God. But then my loved one died. And I know that loved one loved God. All these other people out here living any old kind of lives. But I know that person. They love God. But still, they died. Hmm. You say that we have believed 
your word. You say we have kept the faith. But every single time I turn on the news, we are being slaughtered. What is going on? Every time I do the math these days, it ain't adding up. Is this that new math? I I don't understand. Why am I serving a God that doesn't even know how to do simple math, even when God is the one that gave me the equation? So in order to hold some semblance of faith, they begin to to rationalize and to to theologize and to theorize. and, And out of all of them, they concluded that they God, that their God ain't. Woke. (laughs) Yet, isn't it interesting that God was woke when they were winning? When everything was going in their favor, God was woke. When their political affiliation won, their God was woke. But just as soon as their party lost, then their God ain't woke. Just as soon as their loved one died from COVID, then their God ain't woke. I don't know, and I can't speak for you, but could it be that your God, that my God, that our God ain't woke because we ain't woke? Or to push it even further, maybe it's that our theology ain't woke. You see, when I was growing up, we would always say that God was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But then as I began to grow up and I began to go through seminary and I learned some things, I began to think for myself and I began to see that that is not Exactly biblical. Because throughout the biblical heritage, when the people evolved, God evolved. <laughs> what do you mean, Myron Chris? <laughs> Let's see. When the people were barbaric, their God was barbaric. When the people had child sacrifice, their God had child sacrifice. When the people were nomadic, their God was nomadic, leading them with the cloud by day and fire by night. So as they evolved, their God evolved. God evolved so much so that some scholars have argued over time that the God of the Old Testament surely cannot be the same God of the New Testament. Because the God of genocide is not found in the New Testament. The God of an eye for an eye evolves into the God of compassion and of grace. I say all that to say that the biblical narrative has a history of God evolving with the people. And even if we bring it into today's context. This evolving God is not even new or foreign to us. Because when we were racist, our God 
was racist. When we were homophobic, our God was homophobic. Yet when we became anti-racist, then our God somehow, some way became anti-racist. When we became inclusive, then somehow our God became inclusive. Funny how that works. Our God evolves with us. But what do you do when you are serving a dysfunctional God? When you are serving a God that is no longer serving you well, a God that is keeping you oppressed. What do you do when your God ain't woke? Not only does our theology evolve and mature as we do, but it should evolve and mature as we do. But unfortunately, that is not always the case. We think deeply everywhere else. We think critically everywhere else. But when we go to church, when we think about God, we turn our brains off. Some of us are on a postgraduate level of life, and yet we are serving a second grade God. And our God ain't woke. Within this Christian journey, it seems like when you first become a follower of Jesus Christ, everything goes your way. You pray and whew, you got that parking spot right up front. Every day seems like a sunny day. You pray for healing and oh, God healed you. And then you are on such a spiritual high. In these times, God can become our sugar daddy, if you will. God does everything that we want God to do. And in these times, we become narcissistic Christians because we think that God is at our beck and call. And like a two year old with a parent, we try to manipulate God in order to make God do what we want. But as you continue on in this Christian journey, you soon begin to see like the people of Jacob in our text, that regardless of what you do, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much right you do in the world, sometimes bad things just Happen. It is inevitable. You see that one plus one does not always equal to two. Sometimes you see that one plus one sometimes equals zero. Sometimes it equals negative ten. Sometimes it just equals a negative zero. Sometimes it just leaves you scratching your head because the math just does not make sense no matter how you try to put it together. Yet if we are not careful... That math could send us on a journey of deformation and abuse. And we can begin to say to ourselves and to others that whole COVID happened because 
the world's sin. We can begin to say that people died in the flood because God was trying to get their attention. We can begin to say that I have this disease, that I have this happened to me or that happened to me because God is punishing me for something wrong that I did. And with all of our degrees, with all of our awards, with all of our certifications, we end up serving a God that ain't woke. What do you do when your God ain't woke? In this text, they are forced to see God differently. Theologian and professor emeritus from my seminary, Columbia Theological Seminary, Walter Brueggemann calls this psalm a psalm of disorientation. He said that the function of this psalm is to lift up and call attention to the reality of human loss and human pain without, without, without making moral judgments, without making moral judgments about whose fault it is. It is simply a given of human life that needs to be processed theologically. In other words, nah, 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 it ain't my fault and it ain't your fault either. I challenge us today to take God out the box and wake God up. But no matter how woke our God is, we still cannot become complacent because there is another level, which brings us full circle back to where we started. Because there is woke, but then there is woke AF. And as a reminder, our working definition with woke AF is this, knowing what's up and not getting bogged down by what you're told to think by public interest groups and mainstream media. A woke AF God is calling us to not only look at the micro level, but to also look at the macro level. But you see, we cannot afford to get bogged down in he said, she said. We cannot afford to get bogged down with surface issues while leaving the systemic issues unaddressed. Because like a magician, we could be looking over here, but all the while, everything else. And there's a whole other agenda going on over here and we are being distracted and missing everything that's going on over here. So as I take my clothes, I invite you to ponder and to think about this. What do you do when your God ain't woke AF?